Welcome to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, where we bridge the gap between you and your goals with science and sustainability in your health, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle journey. I hope you share and enjoy. And welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa Roy. And in today's episode, we're going to be chatting all about lean bulking. Yes, yes. This is a request that I got from one of our clients who is going to enter into a lean bulk herself, and she is an avid listener of the podcast. So I was like, okay, let's do this for her. <laughs> um, I also, she was like, I knew she would like the advanced training techniques one too. So I was like... Um, yeah, like I just like diving into some of these topics that maybe we don't encounter quite as often, but can be really helpful for the really like gung-ho fitness enthusiast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a lot of times it's because the, not the clickbait, but like a lot of the topics that people want to hear is fat loss and how to lose weight and how to do this. So it is, I think for you and I, it's really exciting when someone wants to learn about lean bulking because we're like, yes, this is amazing. Yeah. The listens on this episode is going to be like four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like, Yay. <laughs> but um, no, if you are listening to this and you are like, I don't think I could ever bulk because I have weight to lose or, you know, whatever. I would encourage you to just listen to this episode, learn something new, learn a different side of fitness that doesn't have to be weight loss. Um, because I think it could be really enlightening and maybe open up some new doors for you. And it doesn't mean you have to bulk right now, but it could just show you that there's a different side of things, you know, cause I feel like people yeah. all only see weight loss. Yeah. And I would, you know, hey, you and I would both argue that if you want to lose weight, probably stepping away from dieting is one of the absolute best things that you can do for your physique. And it's something that I wish I had, like I could tell my high school and college self this, like, Hey, it's okay to eat. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, let's talk about that because everybody's afraid of gaining weight nowadays. And I think the most important myth to dispel about bulking is that, well, I mean, the word itself, like, I don't necessarily love to use the word. And I think other terms have come to be because people have a negative association with the word bulk, because it's like bulk up, get bulky, um, eat lots of bulk and like, whatever. And like, whatever you call it, you can call it a bulking phase. You can call it lean bulking. You can call it a growth phase. You can call it, um, a building phase. What else do people call it nowadays? Mm, off season, <laughs> off season no, but I, co competition. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that growing phase that that's the one that I really like because I think that bulking gets such a negative connotation. So I kind of like the idea of a growth phase. Yeah. Or, oh, they call it improvement season. That's what I was missing. Mm -hmm. Like competitors call it improvement season because it's, it is the season where you're improving because a lot of times we think that people get these muscular toned physiques from a, you know, a diet from losing fat, which is partially true, but that's just shedding the fat that's on top. The actual physique, the actual shape and muscle and tone comes from the building. And so when you're a competitor, 
um, you're improving in the season that you're not dieting and you're just revealing it in the season that you're dieting and prepping for a show. Mm -hmm. So um, that's where that comes from. But you can look at it the same way with just lifestyle of growth, improvement, muscle building. Like it's all the same thing to basically put nomenclature to I am changing the way that my body actually looks underneath whatever body fat I have. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was going to say, I, I like the shift from bulking to lean bulk. And I think that's actually just a more appropriate term because like, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think that there should like, you know how people say like dirty bulk, like yeah. I, I just, <laughs> I'm like, I don't really, there's, there's really no, I don't know, benefit to doing a dirty bulk or like trying to gain as much weight or as fast as possible, that doesn't really make any sense because uh, yeah, okay, maybe you're putting on muscle, but you're also putting on a lot of fat. So I think that a lean bulk is kind of a more appropriate term because that's what you should be aiming for. You should be trying to put on muscle, but minimizing fat gain. And I think that that should be the goal for any bulk. Yeah. Well, I feel like you could, I feel like it's like that sometimes named that way, almost like from old school bodybuilding, like it's kind of named that way based on what the person is choosing to eat. So I've always thought of it as like a dirty bulk is like, you know, you're saying, fuck it, just eating everything and anything that you see to for the sake of like gaining weight and like just getting as bulky as possible. Like, and you know, the conception there is like, if I just get in tons of food, like I will build muscle, but that's not necessarily true. <laughs> like Christina said, you can put on a ton of body fat and then like a lean bulk. I've always kind of like been brought up to think that's like, I'm just eating a shit ton of broccoli and chicken and rice. And it's like a clean bulk or a lean bulk. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's kind of been termed based on like what people are eating, which isn't necessarily true or useful, but I feel like that's like the way people kind of think of it. Um, and so what we want to shift that towards is like what you said is a lean bulk is just putting on as much muscle as possible while minimizing fat gain. So the misconception is like, Oh, well, when you are trying to gain, you just eat anything and everything. And you know, that's it. You just train hard, eat a lot. No, it's like, you're, you're probably, still managing your calories in a place where they're like slightly above maintenance. So like a visual that I want you to think of in your head is like kind of a, a gradient. So all the way to the left is a calorie deficit and all the way to the right is a calorie surplus and smack dab in the middle is your maintenance where you're not gaining or losing weight and your calories in is equal to your calories out. A proper bulk that we're kind of describing here, a lean bulk is like if, if, the deficit side is zero and the bulk side is 10 and the maintenance is five. I'd say you're at like a six or like a seven, maybe. Yeah. With your calories versus like kind of just going off the deep end and like eating everything. Especially because if you go from five to a 10, like you are absolutely going to gain a lot of body fat. So yeah. if you want to eventually get to a seven or an eight, well, we got to start at a six or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Six. And then work our way up to a seven. So I think that there's a big misconception that you need to be in this massive caloric surplus in order to build muscle. And that is just going to lead to a lot of unnecessary fat gain. So just yeah. a moderate surplus uh, is sufficient for being able to build that, that lean muscle that you're looking for. 
Yeah. Well, let's explain that too. Like, okay, we're talking about, okay, you just eat a lot and you gain all this unnecessary fat. Why? Like, why is that? And it's because muscle takes a lot of work and time to build. Like we, we talk like about, cry. I don't know, like sad boy. Um, but literally like we think about it, like, it's like, oh, I'm just gonna, like, if I start eating more, I'm just going to get bulky. It's like, oh no. Like the reason why is because like, depending how new you are to training, you can gain muscle a little bit faster, but fast is like very, like, keep that in context. Fast is like, oh, like a quarter of a pound of muscle per month is fast. And if you're in a, you know, 3,500 calorie surplus every single week, that's a pound of fat. So like the equivalent is like 3,500 calories equals one pound of weight. And so if you're in a 3,500 calorie surplus, you should gain one pound of weight. And so if you're in that surplus every single week, then you're gaining a pound per week, but only a quarter pound of muscle a month. Like, so the rest of it is body fat, all of it. Like that's what that is. So that's why it's like, we're saying like, you want to be just above that maintenance so that you're fueling your body with just enough to gain that quarter pound of muscle per month, but not so much that you're actually adding in excess. So it doesn't actually look that crazy. Maybe it is a little bit more food than you're comfortable eating and you have to shift some things around, but like, it's really not that crazy. And you just have a little bit extra to go a little bit harder in the gym than you normally would. Yeah. And I think that that's a big misconception that like, okay, if I bulk like faster then I can end my bulk faster because I'm eating more food, but it's like, no, it still takes a lot of time, a lot of patience, a lot of consistency And it's probably going to take more time than you originally think. So some people you'll see them, they're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to bulk for a month or two. And it's like, "Mm." Uh, please don't. (laughs) Yeah. Just don't even do it in the first place. Yeah. So I feel like if you're going to bulk, like you, you really need to be in a good headspace to do that. And Marissa and I off air, we were talking, we're like, this is one of the best times to start a bulk is going into the holidays, like you're going to be covered up a little bit more. So I feel like it's easier uh, to do it in the winter seasons than it would be like bulking in like the summer when you're like in a bikini. And it's a little, I just feel like mentally, I mean, if you can do that, that's amazing. That's great. But just if you are, maybe if you've never done this before, this is the, one of the best times that you could do it to take time away from dieting and to really challenge yourself to get a little uncomfortable and like the time that you take away from dieting is going to be so, so, so beneficial for your physique and your metabolism. Right. So like you kind of talked about working up maybe like on that scale, we're at a six, just above maintenance and you want to work it up to seven, maybe an eight. It's like, you don't just do that just because you do it because eventually you build enough muscle in like, this is like long time scale stuff, but like eventually you build enough muscle to where your metabolic rate is actually higher because you have more muscle mass to support. And that is just expensive. It takes a lot of calories. So then what happens is you have more lean mass from building that muscle. Your maintenance calories have shifted from a five to a six. So the whole scale shifts. And so now you're, you're, you're actually, you thought you were eating a six, you're back to a five because your body requires more. Once you get to that point, 
okay, well now oh, I'm back at maintenance. And you'll, you'll notice this when your weight, like plateaus, when you're tracking lean bulking, seeing your weight go up and then it stops. That's because your metabolism has now caught up because you have built more muscle. Then you step the calories up by another smidge. And then you start to gain a little, little bit. Right. And you repeat that until you basically are ready to cut down. So, I mean, I would say, honestly, like that time scale is like, you're gaining, I mean, how, how much would you say someone should gain in a lean bulk? Like I've kind of myself toyed around with like a quarter of a pound per week. So it's like, I'm getting to about a pound per month of weight gain. Um, but what about you? What have you done? Yeah, I would say about a, a quarter to a half, but it also really depends on how conservative or, you know, how aggressive you want to be with your bulk. And so I always kind of lean more in the middle um, and more a little bit more on the conservative side, because I feel like it's even if, you know, going into a bulk like that, OK, I'm going to be putting on muscle and I'm like the scale is going to be going up. It's still hard. It's still yeah. really difficult. Like even, I mean, even when I was pregnant, seeing the scale go up, like I knew I was pregnant, but seeing the scale go up, it kind of feels like you're going in reverse. So I feel like if you're not gaining too quickly, that kind of helps with the longevity of the bulk. Yeah. And it, it helps keep like, I feel like your mind can kind of catch up in time mm -hmm. with your body versus like, if your weight jumped up five pounds in a day, your mind is like WTF and it's taking right. forever to catch up. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, if you do the math, right, like if you bulk for eight months, then if you're targeting a pound per month of gain, that's eight pounds. And that could probably look really solid. Um, or if it's a half a pound um, per week, then it would be what, two pounds a month. So you might gain 16 pounds. And so I think it really like what you're targeting should depend on the size of your physique. Like if you weigh like 100 pounds and you're just this little nugget, like, I don't know if we should be targeting that much weight gain. Cause there's just not as much weight on your body. But if you're a 200 pound guy, like, yeah, you should probably go for half a pound a week of gain, like, you know, or, or maybe, maybe slightly more, uh, because you just have more opportunity to add pounds of muscle. Um, and then training age plays another factor. So if you are brand new to lifting, you can probably get away with doing a little bit of a faster rate of, of growth because you can bank on more of that actually being muscle. But if you're five years into lifting all the time, and, you know, an exciting thing for you is adding five pounds on a leg press, then you should probably just try to push it as hard as you can in the gym, but aim for a slower, more conservative rate of gain. Yeah. And I think that one, and we've already kind of talked about this, but like one final myth, I guess I would say is that like, you're, you know, even if you do a clean bulk or you go from a five to a six, like, oh, then it's going to be a true lean bulk. And I'm not going to put on any body fat. And that's just, it's, it's pretty much impossible to put you on muscle will. without, yeah, without gaining at, at least some body fat. So that is part of the territory. But again, if you do it, I say, right. And you're putting on as much muscle as possible by why, while mitigating, putting on like more body fat than you should, then you're going to come out with a better physique on the other yeah. side. And especially when you mm -hmm. diet down. So it's not that you won't gain any, we're just trying to mitigate like excess fat gain. 
Yeah. Well, the, and the craziest thing too, is like, let's say you stick through an eight month bulk at a quarter pound per week. So eight pounds total gain. The cool thing is that when you really do this quote unquote, right, like Christina said, you don't just like look worse with those eight pounds. Like you look significantly better because you have muscularity, you have definition, you have like muscles popping out, you have more shape to everything and your ratios are going to be in a better spot. And then when you cut down, it's like even crazier. Um, So the misconception that just because you're gaining weight, it means like you just have to suffer in this body that you hate for the period that you're growing. Like actually you could very well be looking in the mirror and actually seeing improvements. Now you still might be gaining a little bit more body fat and be like, I don't like this. But like, if you look for the stuff that is growing and gaining, like it's going to be really good. And if you are like the only way that you would not be able to gain any fat is if you were truly at maintenance, which is really hard to manage and measure. But if you want to know that you should go listen to one of our most popular episodes, body recomposition with Chris Bearcat. Um, But this is not the episode for that. Yeah. And so, I mean, there are so many clients that I'm thinking of that have done this exact like reverse diet. They've put on, you know, a couple pounds, but they look significantly better than when we originally started and they gained weight. And that is very, very difficult for a lot of women to wrap their minds around. But again, if done right, like you can come out looking better, even though the scale has gone up because of putting on muscle. So yeah, that makes me think like the two past transformations that I posted with three images, the second one in the middle is heavier than the start. And then it's like, oh, then the weight loss, like, cause we did that with those two people specifically. Um, if you're watching this, I'm so sorry. You're listening to this. I'm so sorry because you're definitely not going to know. And if you're listening to this six months from now, you're definitely not going to know, but just, I mean, you know, look on our pages, we have plenty of that. And honestly, a lot of them are like, this person didn't gain, this person didn't lose any weight, but look at this transformation. Like we, we do that a lot. Not many people like to advertise that, but I think it's really empowering. Yeah. And we actually, we have a lot of conversations like this in our, in our private Facebook group, because it can be really difficult to highlight cases like that because it's not the oh my gosh, this client lost 40 pounds. It's like hard to market like, oh, this client actually gained a couple pounds or gained five pounds, but you would look at it and you're like, it looks like they've lost like 15 pounds. Yeah. But I yeah. think those are the the best to share, honestly, because it's like, it's okay to gain weight. It is okay. Like, and you can look significantly better. So hopefully we've, we've hammered that in. You're like, okay, I get it. Like <laughs> I'm going to lean bulk. So how do I do that? Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of talked about like the calories already, like taking them from your maintenance up one step, maybe two. Um, And honestly, really from there, it's like, I think it's a little fun because I would say if you're used to strictly dieting, you're used to always like tracking your macros and being really rigid with things. Um, this is a great opportunity to exercise a lot more flexibility, um, but maybe do it in stages. If you come from that restrictive background and you want to like kind of ease your way in. So like, for example, you might go from tracking macros strictly in a deficit to like tracking at maintenance and then to tracking all your macros at that surplus. And I think it's a good idea to get an idea of what that's going to look and feel like in terms of like 
what are my true meals? Um, how much protein do I need? Like your protein intake might go up, your carbs and fats definitely will go up a lot. And then once you kind of get like a kind of a meal cadence down, I don't want to say meal plan, but like a regular system down, um, then, you know, you can kind of, depending on like how your body's responding, you can probably loosen the reins a little bit to like, maybe just calories and protein, having like a calorie range that you stay within that's in that surplus range and then hitting your protein and allowing yourself to just like have some more of the things that like your deficit calories aren't going to allow you to have. And like really focusing and centering your energy from that around your training. So like, you know, if you're going to have the cookie, maybe it's your pre-workout snack and then you go hit it hard or something so that you use that fuel for the training session. But that would be like the top two things would be like, you probably can get more flexible and you can just like really train a lot harder as a result. Um, but what do you think I'm missing? Well, I was going to say, I think that, um, it's, it is, uh, and I haven't, I haven't dieted super hard in a while. So it's like going from what I'm remembering from like prep and stuff. It's like from eating like your, you know, big ass salads or, you know, you're, you're really, you're eating for volume or like for breakfast, you're eating, uh, you know, egg whites and like a low carb tortilla to shift to eating like bagels and rice yes. and like, and like potato, you know, things that like, you kind of feel like are a little off limits or so kind of like shifting from feeling like you have to just constantly eat these like huge voluminous meals to actually like eating a little bit more like calorically dense foods. I think that's, that's a big shift. And I think that's fun. And like, I kind of tell like a lot of clients, like, because of the question I get a lot is like, well, when do we, when do I know when I'm done? And one of the things it's like, well, let's, let's really monitor hunger because yeah. I think it's really cool to go from like this diet mentality where you're kind of like always hungry or like, you, you know, you're eating these salads and to go from like, oh my gosh, I'm really full and I'm full a lot. And like yeah. kind of not, I don't want to say force feeding, but sometimes you do need to eat a little bit more than you're a little bit comfortable with, but getting to the point where you're like, oh my God, I cannot wait to diet. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's like a really, really good, like, cool. Let's, let's, you know, either hang out at maintenance for a little bit or like, um, awesome. Like let's start dieting. Um, and that's not going to be after a month. Um, yeah. but I think that that's kind of a really good, um, point because it's like, we want you to be excited about dieting again and like mm -hmm. wanting to be like, man, I cannot wait to reduce my food intake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just like be actually missing restriction. And if you're someone who has dieted like your whole life, like that's probably hard to imagine. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is a place that you can get to, which is pretty cool. Um, pretty, pretty cool. So yeah, definitely want to be sick of food by the end, but, um, but yeah, I love the, like when you said bagels, I like immediately was like, yes, because I, even at maintenance, I can eat a bagel every single day. And I was actually having like a bagel and a half. Cause I was like, Oh, I still have carbs at the end of the day. Um, so it, it is going to be a lot more food than you're used to. And especially for our chronic dieters, the thing is that more than likely your appetite and your perception of what is a lot of food is probably skewed, probably skewed very, very, very low. And so you're going to want to just be open-minded to the idea that like your body can handle more. That's actually something that 
I had to overcome myself in like the priming phase with my coach, uh, Cody, when we started, it wasn't a bulk. It was like just maintenance, <laughs> but projected maintenance with me hitting 8,000 steps a day and using my walking pad and like training however many times a week was not something I was regularly doing. And so I was like maintaining my weight before I started working with him at like 1700, 1800 calories. That was just like what my appetite like made me want to eat. And like some days, maybe 2000 or something. And my metabolism was kind of suppressed in a way because I was just, I wasn't moving that much, but I also wasn't eating that much. And it was just kind of like whatever felt good. And then we started and it was like immediately 220 grams of carbs, 60 plus grams of fat. And I was like, what? And so I was like, okay, I need to eat these bagels. Like I literally felt sick eating my oatmeal in the morning. Cause I was like, this is so, this is too much. Like I can't have all this freaking fiber right now. Um, and so I had to switch to bagels. I had to switch to pasta. I had to switch to huge, like globs of white rice on my meals. And I was like, this is awesome. Um, but I was really, really full at first. And like, I literally was like, this is, this is a lot. And Every other time that I have dieted and done a maintenance or a bulk or whatever, I have been under the belief that I have a slow metabolism. Now, this was really tricky because it was a belief that I like, you know, like I really latched onto it, right? I always thought like, okay, I'm the person that like can't get away with anything. If I want to lose weight, I have to be like super perfect on my macros. We have to dig super hard and super deep into the deficit. And the thing that I wasn't considering was like really engineering my environment to make movement and non-exercise activity easier. So I'm telling you, like when I got the walking pad, game changer. When I started CrossFit as well as lifting game changer, like all these different things were just like boosting my output. And so I was like, consciously, I would put it in my check and I'd be like, Cody, I'm scared that I'm going to gain a bunch of weight. I've normally considered myself, like when I eat a lot of food, like insulin resistant, and like, I've had issues processing carbs before. I had all these limiting beliefs and like I'm a fitness coach, <laughs> right? And we coach these people to eat so much more than they're used to. So I'm like, why am I like this? But why do I have all these beliefs? And I was like, consciously, what if these aren't true? What if these are just things that were true in the past, but because of the way my life looks right now, it could be different. And because I was able to like open-mindedly say that and like challenge those beliefs, I was losing body fat with over 200 something carbs a day, over 60 grams of fat a day. And it was like a lot of food to eat. Like it was kind of miserable towards the end. So <laughs> just like personal lesson, that wasn't even a bulk, like that was just maintenance. And so imagining like taking another step up from that, like it would be, probably be really hard. And I'd probably have more limiting beliefs come up of like, I, I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to become insulin resistant. I'm going to, you know, look horrible or whatever, be bloated all the time. But if you actively challenge yourself to let go of some old beliefs and identities, you could be really, really successful. Hey, hey, if you're not driving and you're liking this episode, just take two seconds and support our show by giving it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. These ratings and reviews just allow us to bring more knowledgeable and influential people 
onto this show for you to learn everything possible about science and sustainability with respect to your goals. And if you like this episode, just screenshot it and tag us on Instagram to show your support. One share really could be the catalyst for someone in your life to transform their body, their health, and their fitness for good. And of course, it helps our show grow too, and we appreciate that. All right, back to the show. Yeah, and I think that's a really good example. And I love that you shared that because it's like, I mean, you you don't have to do what you did in the past in order to see results in, again in the future. And so I think that that is something that a lot of our clients come to us feeling like, well, I don't know if this is going to work because I've had to do X, Y, Z in the past. And so, like you said, it's like they hold on to a lot of those beliefs. And it's almost like yeah. if you kind of like if I think that if you had gone into that with Cody and you you really, really believe those things and almost like didn't want it to work and didn't fully give into the process, then there's a good chance that it might not have worked or like you kind of like self-sabotaged or like you oh, weren't hitting, 100%. you know all your steps and you're like, see, I knew it wasn't working, but like you did the protocols, you bought in and you challenged yourself and, you know, you were like, maybe this isn't true and voila, it's not. And you were able to kind of create this new identity. And of course it could be like, well, is that because of the amount of muscle that you've put on throughout the years? Is that because, you know, your activity, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, X, Y, Z, but I think it's a really good example, I guess, for listeners, like you, you can change. And you yeah. don't have to have the exact same past. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was like, I'm a 26 year old female with very healthy hormones, a regular cycle, like a great so quality <laughs> life. I was like, there's no way, like once I started like buying into that, I was like, there's no way that that old narrative was true. Um, especially because at the time I was telling it to myself, I was like 22 and 23 and like, all I would, the only reason I thought I actually was able to believe that I had a slow metabolism was simply because I did not move outside of the gym time. And I got 3000 steps a day and I was ignorant to that fact for a very long time. So definitely game changer, get the walking pad. It's great. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. It's the most amazing thing. It's, it's so stupid because it's so I'm getting simple. like 15,000 steps a day right now, like on accident. I'm just like, oh, I'll just take it during my meeting or get on it during my meetings. And it's like a whole afternoon goes by and I'm like, oh, shoot, that's more than I needed to do. (laughs) Yeah, it is really tough when you have a kid though, because I can only use it when he's not around because he'll jump on the floor and he'll, yeah, and he like, is it, and I'm like, no, so I can only (laughs) use it during nap time, but, (laughs) but yeah, but, um, okay. So we kind of talked about um, like how to go from maintenance to eating a little bit more. So typically that's done by adjusting, like Marissa said, um, protein usually stays like about the same, but if you are going into a lean bulk with the idea of wanting to put on muscle, then you can definitely increase your protein intake, but you don't want to get it so high and everything else is so high that you like, you're so full because you're eating so much protein. Um, so I would say a majority of it is probably going to come from carbs. Um, and again, it's not going from a five to a 10. We want to start slowly. So that might be anywhere from like a hundred to 200 calories and just kind of monitoring. And so this is why, you know, we, we talk about really paying attention and monitoring your, uh, your weight. And so we like taking your daily weight because I think it's really hard if you're going to lean bulk and you weigh yourself like once a week, you're not seeing the, the trends. 
And if you go from, you know, 140 to like 145, you're like, oh my gosh, but like maybe you just had an off day. So really taking your weight every single day, monitoring trends, seeing what your, your average is for the week and making changes based off of that. And so um, kind of like we've talked about, and you probably could go back and listen to our, one of our reverse dieting podcasts where we really go into like the nitty gritty of like how to reverse, how to build up your calories, how to do all that. Um, but I just think those regular check-ins with like your progress photos, your weight, all of that, um, just really ensures that you're, you're putting on more muscle than you are body fat. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think it, yeah, just being able to look at the progress week to week and like taking that average weight is, I mean, if, if we haven't, if you haven't heard us say that before, basically seven days at a time, take the equals average of those weights on an Excel sheet and compare them because then you can see like, okay, I'm aiming for quarter pound. Did that actually happen on average? right? Or like maybe one week it didn't and I maintained, but the next week I gained a half a pound and like over the past two weeks, am I on track? Right. So we're really just looking for that because things are going to ebb and flow for sure. Um, but I would say that, and there was one more thing that I wanted to touch on when it came to measuring progress and I can't remember what it was. So we'll move on measurements. (laughs) Uh, no, but I mean, that's a good one. Just taking body (laughs) measurements. Um, it's like, it's like right on the tip of my tongue, but anyways, body measurements will help you to see some of the progress that maybe you can't see in your photos or like also strength. Like, yeah, definitely monitoring strength and seeing how that's going to improve. Yeah, absolutely. And like, that's honestly the most important thing, like in this whole process is like making absolute certain you are tracking your progression in the gym and -hmm. you are excited about those, those extra, like that extra final rep on something or the extra two and a half pounds that you get to add to the barbell. Um, that stuff is so, so, so important. Um, and I mean, just, yeah, doing that, but not being stupid, not being, you know, overly, I remember what I was going to say, not being overly, um, kind of, uh, what's the word? Ex- like just excited about the gym. Like I've in gaining phases in years past when I was a fresh 18, 19 year old lifter, I did some stupid shit in the gym that definitely contributed to some aches and pains later. So be smart. Um, because you have more resources in food to recover, you may notice that aches and pains and tweaks in your body are actually better. And you're still able to push harder because you're fueling recovery. You're not just constantly in this deficit and your body's trying to catch up and all these aches and pains surface. Like you could actually feel better. And a lot of those things could take some real time to recover. And here's what I was going to say. Just don't get, don't get sluggish. Don't get lazy in terms of steps. Like when you are lean bulking, when you are gaining, it's not an excuse to just not move. And in fact, when you are gaining weight, like you're you're going to be eating a lot of carbs, right? You're going to be um, eating a lot in general. And so you're going to want to be able to actually process that food efficiently and having some sort of a cardio base or like some, just some walking and getting a good amount of steps in per day. I would encourage actually being like continuing to stay however active you are like 7,000, 8,000, 10,000 steps per day, because arguably you're going to need it more to 
not, you know, be just stuffed full all the time, actually digest things well, um, and just use some of those calories for your movement. Um, I actually, my opinion has shifted from like, oh, maybe you can kind of get a little more lax. So like, I think you should like keep it the same, if not walk around a little bit more every day. Yeah. Or it could look like, okay, I just had this big meal. Let me just go for like a 10 minute after meal walk, whether that's on my step pad or going outside, like that can really help. And I would argue too, that like when you're in a surplus digestion almost matters more because of the volume of food that you're eating. So like really making sure that you're being mindful, like you're slowing down when you're eating, like you're chewing your food very thoroughly. Like that's going to help a lot because the one, I feel like the thing that I hear a lot is like, oh my gosh, I'm eating so much food. Like I'm so bloated all the time. So it's like, if you're not really paying attention to your digestion, like, are you actually bloated or like, are you gaining a bunch of fat or like, are you just not digesting your food very well? Are you like swallowing your food because it's so much that you're like rushing to get it down? It's like, that's actually making it worse. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that as well. I'm so glad I remembered what I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah. So definitely really paying attention to body composition. So I would take pictures weekly, bi-weekly, at least, at least once a month. Um, but I think that helps a lot with being able to compare your photos and looking back and like, okay, yeah, is the scale going up? But like, can I actually, can you tell, or like, am I looking the same? I'm looking better. And that really helps because I think that sometimes we get caught up on seeing that number on the scale, but if you're able to compare photos, be like, oh, okay. It's really not that bad. Like I, I feel like I can keep going. Um, and then strength training, what you talked about, like really making sure that you're following your program, that you're not mm-hmm. just following, you know, random Instagram, TikTok, swipe, whatever video. I don't know what people are doing nowadays. <laughs> um, <laughs> Weird shit. That's what they're doing. Uh, yeah. What the, what the influencer doing, influencers are doing now, but following a program, like making sure that you're like Marissa saying, like you're tracking your progression in the gym, like you're getting stronger, like you're, you're being really consistent with your strength training because that is really what's going to really stimulate that muscle growth, right? Like those extra calories should be used to recover, like building muscle tissue and really pushing yourself during training, especially because you have extra food. Um, and so like when you're in a huge deficit, especially like in prep, like we've seen a lot of people get injured because they just don't have a lot of like food intake to recover. So they're in this position to, to really hurt themselves. So like, if you have a lot, and again, not, not being stupid, but if you have <laughs> extra food intake, like go for it in the gym. Yeah, definitely. And also with the pictures, I think you should take different posed pictures, like try to actually find ways to like flatter your muscles in photos, like a front double bicep or like a tricep pose or like a back bicep or like try to flex your quads, like, and take more photos. Like what I do is I always take a video with a front facing camera and just like kind of, um, like move around and try to hit a couple poses and see, um, because I mean, maybe you could do that in a fat loss phase too, but like in a bulk specifically, you want to look for like where things are rounding out, where you're gaining actual size. And sometimes you can't do that with a relaxed front side back. Like you're not going to see much. (laughs) So like take the time to like have fun with that. Um, And I think one thing that is really nice about competing is that you are wearing the heels as a female competitor. And that actually can like, make your calves look jacked and like it makes your legs look 
um, like they're popping in. So the thing I like about that is that it really shows off where the progress is. So I'm not saying you have to get in heels for your progress photos, but like it could be more fun that way. <laughs> yeah, definitely flattering for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So we kind of talked about the how to, um, should we talk about what not to do? I feel like we had, we kind of, yeah, in there. Um, yeah, just, just don't push it too fast too soon. That would be like my one piece of advice or, um, you know, we, we talk about, uh, eating more calorically dense foods, but that also doesn't mean to neglect your micronutrients, right? Like you still want to be eating nutrient rich foods. And I think that that's really important too. So, you know, just a a balanced intake of your macros and still making sure that you're eating your vitamins and minerals. And like a lot of it should still be coming from whole, like unprocessed foods. Yeah, absolutely. And just the same principles of a well-balanced diet, but you just get to slap more carbs on there (laughs) and maybe use some more fun sauces in your marinades and your toppers and salad dressings and whatever, if you're even even eating salads. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, you want to, you want it to feel relatively normal in comparison to like a maintenance phase. But again, if you've been dieting for your whole life, you might not even know what that feels like. So, um, really having a solid foundation with your nutrition is super important so that you can just kind of expand on that versus feeling like you're turning your life upside down. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good, pretty good wrap up. Yeah. I think we covered everything there is to cover about uh, lean bulk. So enjoy your food, enjoy the holidays, enjoy the flexibility and let's go build some muscle. (laughs) And then I will say, I will say, I I would recommend you stay in it longer than you like might want to. Yeah. Or that you think that you need to. So it is one of the absolute best things that you can do for your physique and for your body and really for your mindset too, for the next time that you do enter a dieting phase is to take oh, yeah. time away from dieting, focus on building muscle. Like we've talked about this time and time again, like you are probably going to benefit way, not probably, you're going to benefit way more from putting on five to 10 pounds of muscle than you are from losing five to 10 pounds of just yeah. weight. 100%. So, do it. Totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Do it, do yeah. it for way longer than you think. So whatever you're thinking in your mind right now, 1.5 to two exit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at Christy Lynn Fit. Marissa is at Marissa Roy Fitness. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. And we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.